Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Redline Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle Holland and... Alex Fielder. Today we're talking about transit hubs, the centerpieces of our transportation systems, and an important part of creating a transit-friendly future. This, after the news. Nothing happened this week, so we're doing trivia instead. Okay, trivia time. So, out of the top five uh, railway stations in North America, how many do you think have the word union in their name? I'm going to go four. Alex? I was thinking five. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, not quite. It's actually only two. Really? Which is very surprising. Which ones? Uh, So the top five railway stations in the United States in order are New York Penn Station, Toronto Union Station, Grand Central Terminal, Jamaica Station. Did you notice how three of those are in New York? And number five, Chicago Union Station. Got it. So So New York just doesn't like putting union in the name of their station. Well, it's actually a little more complicated than that because when you have something called Union Station, uh, it's generally because two different railroads come together there. But in New York, like Penn Station, for example, was for Penn Central Railroad originally. Yeah, weird trivia. Now in the top, like, 20, it's, it's a little bit more. But, that, you know. That, that makes a surprising amount of sense. Yeah. Uh, also got to love how, like, Penn Station gets, like, more riders than the largest airport in the country. <laughs> Good. Atlanta? By a long shot. By a long shot. And that's what I by thought. Like twan- by like 30 million. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it still can't compete you with the trains? You know how many platforms it has? 11. <laughs> Jeez. And it takes up like four blocks. That's it. begin the actual thing now. So, what is a transit hub? According to a doctoral thesis that I read on the topic, a transit hub is a physical place that connects a variety of transit modes and routes. A city may have one major hub, like Main Street Station in my hometown of Boise, or dozens, like the various massive interchange stations in London. Like, um, you guys could probably think of a few. You got King's Cross, King's Cross, St. Pancras, Houston, uh, Paddington, Paddington from the movie. Piccadilly is a station. Uh, there's one that's like something international, but there's there's a lot, and they all carry like 10, 20, 30 million riders a year. Other places like Boise Main Street Station carries like five hundred thousand people a year because it's a bus station that they dug underground for some reason. Well, wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Boise has an underground bus station. Wh- why does it have? Un- why don't we have anything underground? Great question that I ask myself every day. (laughs) (laughs) Dig. (laughs) Dig. Okay, so a transit hub can be as simple as two local bus lines having stops near the same intersection, or as complicated as a 43-platform suburban rail station in the beating heart of a city. 
So we're actually today going to be focusing on the latter, on the really big and, you know, important fancy stations like Grand Central, Penn, or whatever. Uh, and the next episode will be on these, like, local mobility hubs, and that those two words are in quotes because that's what the transit industry is calling it now. Whoa, like UTA's parking lots that have, like, four bus routes coming out of them? Right. And a sign? Yeah, something like Two that. Two signs if you're lucky. Or Ooh. just uh, the intersection of 9th and 9th, where you have a bike lane, you have two bus routes intersecting with 15-minute frequency, and you have a green bike station, and also walking paths. Like, that's a mobility hub. I mean, by American standards, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a unique thing that you don't see on every street corner. This seems like a fair name. I don't know. Well, they, there's nothing wrong with it. They, they always have weird names for stuff, don't they? Well, that's that's a symptom of tech bro disease. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so transit hubs can take many forms. Uh, some cities choose large buildings or plazas that allow many routes to come together in one place. Others opt for transit malls, which are sections of road that are normally downtown and are closed to cars. Transit malls often have dozens of routes running along or intersecting with them, so you can get a whole bunch of connectivity without having to put everything in one place. So, cool. There you go. So, larger, more important transit hubs are often called intermodal hubs because they allow transportation between different types of transit. So instead of just like the place where your metro area's train lines all meet up, it's got a bus loop too. Well, I mean, and it can even be simpler than that. You go to like Great Falls, we talked about a few episodes back, you go to their central bus station, which has like, you know, seven local bus routes running out of it. Uh, that's also the place where you catch a Greyhound or a Salt Lake Express if you want to get one. <laughs> so like, it can mm. just be transferred between local and local or local and inner local. Nice. So that would be our Salt Lake Central, which has an Amtrak block of concrete and a couple of train blocks of concrete and a bus loop. Yes. In larger, more developed networks, they can take a variety of forms, often incorporating many different forms of transit. A good example of this is the Salesforce Transit Center in San Francisco, which will, in the near future, hopefully, handle commuter buses, Caltrain, BART, along with other buses and trains operated by Muni. Yeah. Cool. So, because San Francisco is weird and they named their main transit thing after a company. I hope they got a lot of money <laughs> for that. Salesforce. I've never even heard of them. Yeah, well, it's like the tallest building in San Francisco is the Salesforce Tower. So, uh, why don't we have the Wells Fargo the building? Wells, <laughs> the Wells station. Fargo Central Station. Hey, they got the money to pay us for it. <laughs> yeah. Salesforce is one of the more important transit hubs in the country because you can get BART there, you can get Muni Metro, you can get Muni Bus, you can get AC Transit, you can get this, that, and therefore. <laughs> um, so now we're going to discuss the reasons why these uh, transit hubs are so important. Uh, so number one, hubs allow for a degree of connectivity that can be difficult to attain without them. So being able to connect like a whole bunch of different transit routes offers a great user experience. It makes it real easy to get around, especially if you live next to the thing. Uh, stuff like that. Comes in handy in Salt Lake because you can end up line a whole bunch of buses there. And then when you're coming from like one disconnected part of the bus network to another disconnected part of the bus network, you can switch at the transit hub instead of being left to rot on the side of the street. It feels like a fair compromise, I guess. I guess. 
I don't know. Salt Lake Central, kind of iffy, not going to lie. But I think it mostly exists so they have a place to turn all their buses around and change drivers. That's why we go to North Temple Station <laughs> to catch the front runner. North Temple instead because it's better. Objectively. Yeah. But uh, number two, transit hubs create places where multiple transit operators can more easily connect and can help to improve regional cooperation on transit issues, especially in places where operations are highly balkanized, i.e. San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't honestly know if I could figure out exactly how many transit agencies are operating in the San Francisco Bay Area. You know, the major ones, you got BART, you got Muni, you got... uh, AC Transit, you got the Valley Transit Authority in San Jose, you got like little weird ones like the Emory Go Around, which is just like a single bus route in Emeryville. You have Amtrak, you have the state operated version of Amtrak that's basically a commuter rail, so kind of a mess. Do they have a unified card? They do. Like the Walker? They have uh, Clipper. Clipper? Oh, okay. Yeah. I can imagine trying to catch a train (laughs) without apps. If I'm being honest. Oy. Yeah, well, I mean, in good places you can do that, but not in America. <laughs> well, in good places you can just walk to a train station, give money, get on train. Boo, hiss, communism. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Yeah, you should be. But yeah, I see your point about the utility of apps, Alex. They make it so much easier to navigate lacking service. Well, yeah. They're good when, I don't know, construction actually informs the service that there's construction going on. Ha, 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 that's <laughs> funny. That would be funny. <laughs> Who would do that? So what's the third reason, then? So the third reason is that good transit hubs are often the public face of a transit system and can help to raise visibility and awareness of a transit system as a whole. So, like, you go to New York, what's a tourist attraction? Penn Station. Another the, the one. Grand Penn. Central. There you go. You got at least two famous stations that, you know, connect to a whole bunch of services. And you're like, oh, wow, Grand Central, I can do Metro North. In the near future, I can do Long Island <laughs> Railroad. I can do the subway. I can probably get a bus next door because it's New York. Like, it just ties everything together and also is like, wow, that makes me remember that there's a subway under my feet. Nice. Not not that you can forget that. And don't forget in London, you have Paddington Station, which is literally like the subject of a movie. Right. Or um, King's Cross, you got Platform 9 and 3 quarters or whatever. Yeah. That's that's a (laughs) face. Yeah, it's a face of British rail on the underground. So it's, it's very important. Um, and then in addition to improving the public image and awareness of transit, like those big stations do, good hubs help to improve the status of transit riders by giving them a safe, pleasant place to change routes or begin and end their trip. So like in the old days, Penn Central was like a cathedral of trains. And then they decided they were going to bury it under a station. And like one person who used to use it all the time said, once one entered the city like a god, now one scuttles in like a rat. So, like, (laughs) when you get a good transit hub that a lot of people are passing through, it sort of raises the status of the user above, like, you know, a rat. Isn't that what they're hoping to do here with burying the tracks underground? We will get into that, but yes, Mm. (laughs) that is part of the thing. We could use that, because around here we're still in the rat phase if you just get dumped by a sign. We're we're not even in the rat phase. We're like in the, like, plague corpse 
phase. Mm. <laughs> what well, they dump you in an industrial area so you <laughs> don't kill everyone? <laughs> are you Jeez. making Are you making fun of the five oh nine? I am making fun of the five oh nine. Don't you just love being dumped on the side of a high speed don't road by just, a pole? Don't you just love a route that like turns like forty two times over its length? <laughs> You're funny. Like. Uh, okay, and then finally we got number four, and I really can't emphasize this one enough. Uh, nothing draws my good friend Todd, also known as transit-oriented development, like a good transit hub. Because of the huge levels of connectivity that a hub fosters, they sort of present opportunities for development that are difficult to find anywhere else. It makes sense. Cool. I mean, the regular rail tracks alone drawn in and enough development of some sort of or another as is. But S-Line did its job. There's too many apartments to count now. Right. Well, and I mean, just think about it. Like, let's say you are X large employer and you have X thousand employees who have to get to work every day. Where are you going to want to build your headquarters? By transportation. By the hub because everybody can get there from all the different parts of the city or metro area or whatever. I'm starting to see why a transit hub proper would be such a good idea to revitalize downtown Salt Lake City. Look at what it did to Denver. I mean, before like the early 2000s when RTD went on its like weird rail building spree, (laughs) um, (laughs) which, you know, despite being like the most extensive rail build out in the country, kind of sucks, but that's a topic for another day. Um, But probably the best two things that came out of that is one, the airport link, because that's really good. And two, relevant to this episode, Denver Union Station. Union. Union. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is it like a big, proper indoor station? It is. It's like, let's see, I think there are eight commuter rail slash Amtrak uh, platforms and three light rail platforms there. Oh, that sounds so nice. When I was looking at, like, Amtrak to Denver, I was looking at the station. The number of lines on the transit app. It's it's quite something what they've done there because they took what was essentially like an industrial wasteland of just like literally nothing but railroad tracks and like trash floating around and they turned it into what is arguably the best part of Denver by putting a train station in it, by putting some bus service through it, and by doing mixed-use development around it and doing it hard. Like, they didn't go, like, half whatever like we like to do around here where you just build an apartment building. They, like, you know, build a skyscraper. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. That's That's really good. Right. And, I mean, Denver Union Station is, like, credited for, like, fixing Denver's downtown a lot of times because it's just so special, even though it doesn't actually get that much traffic. That's amazing. I'm just thinking if they built a really grand station in Salt Lake, just imagine coming from the airport, taking the green line, and then just coming up from the station and seeing the city. I feel like that would be a a huge thing. Quite an experience, right? Absolutely. One enters the city like a god. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Union Station is just an incredible building, and what they've done with it is just, yeah, it's the best TOD in the country by far. All right. Let's talk Salt Lake. Let's talk Salt Lake. So if these transit hubs that we're speaking of are so, 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 so important to a transit network and especially to encouraging the sort of development that a transit network needs to succeed, why do so many hubs in North America suck? 
question mark. <laughs> um, maybe it's because we're bad at building hubs. We're mostly good at just building train platforms with bus loops next to them. Yeah, that's basically it. So let's let's go local for a sec and talk about our um, Salt Lake quote unquote how central do I say station this without how, without swearing. Our quote beloved unquote central station. It's not even that central. Well, it's not. And it's not too much of a station. <laughs> <laughs> it is in Salt Lake, technically. I Marginally. <laughs> hey, the city limits go pretty far past there. Yeah. So Salt Lake Central, for those who are listening from outside of the Salt Lake metropolitan area, is a large concrete pad next to a freeway and a giant road in the middle of a completely unredeveloped industrial area over a mile from downtown. It's nearly impossible to get through by foot because, again, it goes through an industrial area that is not particularly safe to walk in. No. (laughs) No. All right, so, hi, this is Connor from Post Production. Uh, So actually, in the process of getting some footage for this episode, uh, Kyle had his bike stolen at Salt Lake Central Station. Uh, So just do be aware that when we say it is a dangerous place to be, we are not kidding. Thank you. It's much worse than I thought it was, because I was thinking of Central Point. Yeah, Central Point's, like, marginally Uh, fine. I've been to the... Have you been to Salt Lake Central? I've been once. Okay. It is across the, the street from vacant lots. The centerpiece of Salt Lake Central Station is a concrete pad with, like, some trees, benches, and a bunch of signs that say Amtrak this way, front row this way, tracks this way, buses this way. Hey, don't forget about the random bus shelters they put all throughout the platform. Whoa, they're really completing it there. I know, and the Amtrak building that is never open... Amtrak has a building there? Yeah, they well, have an Amshack. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And uh, the Greyhound building that is oh. never open and has no bathrooms. Do At they, least they... it's a building, though. Why isn't the whole station a building? <laughs> Why can't question. I wait for my hourly frontrunner service in the comfort of air conditioning? Hey, half hourly these days, mostly. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so sad. Um, but yes, Salt Lake Central, very bad. And then... As the most ridden station in the country, let's talk about another bad station, Penn Station in New York. It has 11 platforms. Now, you might be asking, it's in New York. How bad can it be? The answer is completely abysmal. Enlighten us, Connor. It is cramped. There is basically no wayfinding material anywhere. (laughs) It is a warren of weird tunnels underground that have been specifically shifted because Madison Square Garden is on top of it these days. What? Why is (laughs) the station on top of the station? Well, because one scuttles in like a rat, Kyle. (laughs) Mm, Through through the sewers of the city, as it were. Yes, uh, it's just, it has the worst boarding procedures of any major station ever. Like, you know how Amtrak loves to do this weird thing where they pretend like they're an airline? Yeah, they still do that at Penn Central, their most used station. What? Yeah. Even for, like, the Northeast Corridor uh, stuff? What? For a cell and NEC trains. All right, what if people want to get somewhere? Fox. Well, you got to wait in a line. I'm not going to show up two hours early to come check my bags and wait in line. For, for a slow train? Yeah. It's a train. I'm going to show up, like, five minutes early. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so, very bad. Um, also, everything is literally falling apart because New York does not do maintenance. That is well known. <laughs> that is well known. <laughs> yeah, so, great connectivity from that station. I mean, you can get pretty much anywhere in the Northeast from there in a relatively quick amount of time. Hence but it's the high ridership. A, yeah, but it's still a terrible station. 
will it ever be fixed? Question mark. Okay, and now we get to come to my rant because you see this. There's this thing about New York mayors in that they love to pretend like they're improving New York's transit infrastructure, but the way they do it is not by improving New York's transit infrastructure. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> they like to build big things. So several recent mayors of New York, especially what's his face, De Blasio, had this brilliant idea to build a new train hall for Penn Central, a new place where like you wait to catch the train or whatever, or you have like all the concourse with shops and the Amtrak lounge and all that sort of stuff. That sounds like a nice idea on first impression. Right. One problem. What's the problem? Well, a it didn't fix any of the issues with Penn Central Station. You now just wait in a line for Amtrak in Moynihan instead of the old train hall. <laughs> Helpful. And um, yeah, basically a giant waste of money, <laughs> just to make it look pretty and replace the perfectly good post office building that was, you know, a post office. <laughs> wait, replace the post office? Yeah, yeah. The New York Central Post Office building was there, and then they were like, huh. Instead of that, let's make the top of it into a train station instead of just getting rid of objectively the worst uh, stadium in the country, Madison Square Garden. See, <laughs> you, you mess with the post office, you do not make me happy. No, and like when you board a train from Moynihan, which is almost exclusively used by Amtrak passengers. What about uh, all the other services Because that everyone go there. transfers from the subway. Which is underground. Which is underground. So no reason to go up into the waste of space above ground. Right. Um, there's one escalator that leads down to each platform. Okay. One. And so everybody queues up in front of this escalator after having their bags and tickets checked because it's Amtrak <sighs> and waits until Amtrak says they can go down to the platform. And then you just have a bunch of people feeding down the escalator and it just takes forever for them to board. Are yep. Th are there normal stairs? I'm sure there's emergency stairs. Yeah, but like... This doesn't sound like very efficient boarding. Like, there, there's a reason trains have so many doors. Uh-huh. And it's one escalator? Mm-hmm. There's one Under up and one down underground? escalator. They're literally pretending this is a plane. They are pretending it is a plane. Well, why? Why? Because Amtrak is dumb. You take Amtrak because you don't want to take a plane because you want to have a good time. And you don't have to deal with all the plane bull crap. You just want to get on your train. Right. So, yeah. Moynihan, bad, and... <laughs> I don't care what you think, Bill de Blasio, you're a moron. So is, so is Governor Cuomo, thank God he's out of office. And the current governor, Kathy Hochul, f*** you also. You are all morons, you are failing the city of New York, and I hate you. And will that be a good one, ever? It's New York, it's just corruption, so no. Okay. It's just... Cool. <laughs> Eric Adams, you're a b too. You want me to leave all that in? Yes. Sounds good. Like, New York has the potential to be the greatest city in the world, and it is continually failed by corrupt and terrible leadership. See, how do you even get corrupted? And why haven't I been corrupted I don't yet? know. Why is George Soros, or what's, it's George Soros, right? Why yeah. is Soros not giving me a ton of money to be corrupt? Like... They make it sound so easy to be corrupt. They do. Okay, but moving on from my disgust with New York's leadership and Moynihan... It is a beautiful train hall, but also completely useless. So basically the issue with every American transit hub, with the very few exceptions, is the same with most things in America transit. Underfunding and the lack of a desire to do better on the part of many of those in power. 
So they just end up doing like the minimum, which is there are in fact platforms and bus loops. Good luck. Right, like we're gonna build a new train hall, but we're not gonna fix any of the issues for twenty years. So it's all just surface level makeup on a pig That's, stuff. This is the issue with American don't, leaders. Don't insult pigs. Yeah, come on. Well, okay. <laughs> the issue with like American transit guy. projects is that American transit leaders care more about cutting ribbons than they do delivering actual improvements. That is Which is not why good. things like Moynihan exist. C- can we start corrupting people towards transit? <laughs> to the transit? good side, right. <laughs> good corruption. Yeah. Like, like Tammany Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Back when the Democrats just like had a dictatorship in New York. But that's a whole nother thing. Um, <sighs> so that's for my future podcast, Politics with Me. It, it's just you or there's no other hosts? Just me yelling at the microphone. And then I just want to point out a sort of corollary to that issue. There's an equity issue with American transit hubs because often we build the rail hubs fine-ish, right? Like rail passengers get a decent experience when they go to a hub. Bus passengers, however, (laughs) are treated like an afterthought. (laughs) They basically just get a pole with a sign and maybe some pavement. Well, like Salt Lake Central, bus riders get, I mean, you've seen it. Yeah. They get a little shelter thingy, and they get a pole with all the routes on it, and then the bus pulls up Because we, we couldn't possibly do any better than that. And don't forget about the smaller bus ho- hubs. Like, I think that's Olympus Cove. It's just a parking lot with buses in it, and if you want to try and walk there, you might die. Great. Yeah, bus riders are treated as second-class citizens, and that's because they are primarily minorities, but we're not going to talk about that. And old. And poor. And poor. And we couldn't possibly build anything beyond a pole and a rickety little shelter thing for buses. We couldn't possibly build, like, a building. No. Communism. You might get a bench. Ironically, like... (laughs) It'd be cool if the Salt Lake Central bus loop just had, like, a thin, long building along it and, and you could just... And also they didn't put a parking lot between it and everything else because they also did that with a fence, I should note. <laughs> so you have to like walk around and kind of scuttle through this little gap to get to the buses. Well, oh my goodness. It shouldn't be hard to just like build a pavilion. Nope. Just for a bit of shelter. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. But... We could try. Eh. <laughs> Who cares? It's bus riders. Unless well, would... it's BRT riders, they get a special stop. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Which costs, what, ten times as much as the shit, at least. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, transit hubs in America are bad. So, question, how can we make good transit hubs? Good transit hubs rely on three main factors to be successful and useful. Number one, connectivity. This is by far the most important of the three, and the one that we've mostly discussed so far. Like we mentioned, Penn Central, for all its problems, it's still the most written. Right. Connectivity is the ability of the hub to move passengers between the area around the station and as many areas of the city as possible. It also implies that a transit hub is a place for making connections, meaning that there is should be an emphasis on bringing routes together. Makes sense. Yes, preferably routes that go to both sides of it. Whoa, so not all on one side? This is, yeah, this is the main problem with Salt Lake Central, is that you have to go east to go south, and you have to go east to go north to go west. So you gotta go out of your way to get to the central station and wait for the bus to like wind its way into that mess, switch buses, and then go back to where you were trying to get in the first place. Uh-huh. Could do, it could do a lot better at like being in the center of the network. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Crazy <clears throat> Central, thought. which ties into proximity, which means that a central hub should be close to urban amenities and be an important destination station as well as being a great place to transfer. Salt Lake Central fails at this because it's not central. And in order to get to like where the things are, you have to take a slow, windy train ride with a whole bunch of turns. So many hard turns. A central station or hub should also be located as close to the central business and commercial district of a metropolitan area as possible, as these places offer the greatest proximity to the maximum amount of urban resources. It just makes sense. Huh. The central station should be central to a central area of the central city. And a proper station. That's yeah. crazy. It's <laughs> almost like transit riders want to get to the things that are in the city. Right. Well, Did he, not see that one coming. Don't and, get a mile away. And this is another reason that Penn Station um, gets so much ridership, despite the fact that it, like, objectively sucks, <laughs> um, is that it is, you know blocks away from Times Square, blocks away from Hudson Yards, blocks away from the Empire State Building. It is literally in downtown Manhattan. Brilliant. Yes. So, you know, good. And then, as we mentioned with Denver, uh, if a station is not within close proximity to the downtown core, it's really, really, really important that you just go hard on development real fast. Like, just so build. Just, just shift it slowly right, like, towards... Yeah. You shift the center of gravity of a city towards the central station. You can't move the station, move the city. Right. So that's probably what they're going to do if they ever build a proper central station here. Well, they'll probably throw up a couple of cheapo fire yeah, hazard apartment they'll, buildings. they'll throw up a couple five-over-ones and call it <laughs> transit-oriented development. And then it'll take 20 or 30 years for it to make the shift. Yeah, at least. if it ever does. Yeah. yeah. At that point. <laughs> uh, yes, and that brings us actually to our <laughs> final uh, thing that makes a transit station or a transit hub good. A uh, transit hub should be accessible. It should be easy to access and navigate for everyone involved from new riders to those who have been using the system for years or decades. This means that wayfinding, good design, and pedestrian-slash-cyclist friendliness are extremely important and should be made as easy as possible. And you should actually try to do these things. And try hard. Yeah, well, as opposed to, like, just not doing anything. Once again, to rail on Penn Station <laughs> and... <laughs> rail, ha. <laughs> and Salt Lake Central... They have terrible wayfinding. There is no good wayfinding at Salt Lake Central. There's The Salt Lake Central signs are more of like kind of an aesthetic piece because it's like the same thing repeated a whole bunch of times. It's like Amtrak, front runner, tracks, buses. Yeah, and it's not very helpful. Ideally, in a central station, you should have a map, like a good map of the area around the station. That's hilarious. And there's theoretically one of those at Salt Lake Central. Well, but there's nothing around it, so fat lot of good that does you. And there you go. You are advised to not leave the grounds of Salt Lake Central Station for your own personal safety. Unless it's on a tracks train. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's just transfer. It's not anything else. It's not a destination. It's, it's not where it should be. All right, so given these factors... Let's assess the usefulness of a few major transit hubs in North America. Number one, Penn Station. Connectivity, A+. I wonder why. Because transfers are available to Amtrak, NJ Transit, the subway, path trains, some bus routes, and Long Island Railroad trains. There's a reason that the place is the most used in the country. The proximity, again, an A+. It's, it's in Manhattan. It's, in, it's downtown Manhattan, yeah. And then accessibility, a C, 
because it's completely incomprehensible and difficult for writers both old and new to use. There is very little attempt at good wayfinding in pen. Rest in peace. Yes. All right, Salt Lake Central <laughs> Station, and believe it or not, Salt Lake City. Barely. Marginally <laughs> in Salt Lake City. For connectivity, a C. <laughs> uh, there, there's connections to the east side of the city, which is where Maine downtown is located, as well as the regional light rail networks. Those are pretty all right. Very difficult to get to much of anything else, though. Yeah. For proximity, F. It is over a mile from downtown. Again, do not leave <laughs> the station grounds for your own personal safety. Accessibility, B. It's very, it's very simple. The There's only reason that it's not getting a lower grade is because it's so simple it doesn't need good wayfinding. There's literally two train platforms uh, plus Amtrak hiding off somewhere and the bus loop. Yeah. yeah. It feels like the other station is more of a central North station. North Temple than is legitimately is better. Is objectively better. And then finally, of the three stations we'll be rating today, the Portland Transit Mall. Connectivity. It gets an A. You can get to most of the city from the transit mall and to the transit mall from most of the city with a one or two seat ride. It's got max, it's got buses, it's got the streetcar, and it, it's, you know, like within walking distance of Portland's Amtrak station. Good job, Portland. Proximity is an A. The transit mall runs through the heart of downtown Portland, and it provides great access to the region's central hub for jobs and commercial activity. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. Yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> we, have, we have so much potential for that in Salt Lake with, like, the sheer number of bus routes running through downtown. Like, if we tried a little bit harder, we could make it a pleasant experience to make connections in central downtown. No. Bad. Okay, never mind. I guess we're not doing that. Moving on. Accessibility. <laughs> B. <laughs> the transit mall can be a bit confusing, but TriMet has worked hard to make it accessible to users of all stripes with good wayfinding and nice stops. Yep. This magic thing called effort. Yeah. I mean, just the sheer length of the thing makes it a little bit hard because it's, you know, two miles long. Mm. But, you know, other than that, it's all right. Cool. Go Portland. Yeah. Go Portland. Yeah. They, they try. I... TM. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk more Salt Lake. Where's our central station? Well, there's this plan that has been circulating for several years now. As plans do around here before anything actually substantive this happens This one will with never them. get done. Like the pipeline pumping the ocean yeah, the into the Great Salt Lake. the ocean into the Salt Lake, yes. <laughs> it's, it's sort of in a similar realm of fantasy to that. So uh, it's called the Rio Grande Plan, and in Salt Lake's downtown area, we have this sort of old train depot for the Rio Grande Railroad, which is, surprisingly, called the Rio Grande Depot. That's funny. Isn't that the one that's just like a block east of a Salt Lake Central? Like a okay. block and a half-ish. Okay, cool. But, you know... I think I know the building you're talking about, though. Pioneer Park is like a legitimate place. Yeah. It, it, so if that's the uh, old... Depot. What's the one by the gateway? Uh, that's the Union Pacific Depot. That's the old. Okay. And I would say we should put the station there, but that's never going to happen. So. It's also already been like pretty hardcore redeveloped into like actual business. Yeah. Mm. Of some description. Yeah. yeah. So. They will take your money. Yeah, that's true. Um, so what the Rio Grande plan would do is it would take Salt Lake Central about a block and a half to the east Reasonable. and stick it under Rio Grande Station. Cool. So there would be a short um, two and a half mile train box is what they call it because it's not technically a subway tunnel. 
because it's for regional rail, where um, Amtrak, Frontrunner, and the future Tuella to Park City Rail would all come together. And then tracks would also be put underground and rerouted to that part of downtown. And you, you, you know the Orange Line plan we've seen before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The airport to the university. Yeah, all, all sorts of stuff like that would be done so that all the lines could come together there. There would also be an underground bus terminal and all sorts of stuff so they could all connect together. A, a beautiful idea. I think that would be nice. You'd get a lot better rail connectivity. And it wouldn't be too hard because Salt Lake Central Station, the rails already like swing out west to go to the station and then swing back east to go to North Temple. So you're kind of putting them on a straighter line. Yeah. So. And then buses, obviously, the closer they are to sit the city center and the rails, the better. And in combination with the Orange Line plan, you would get not just like the one windy train route to get you downtown. You would get at least two. And also a direct connection to the airport yes, and you would. the university. Yes, which, from the central station. Which I will add, the university is most notably very lacking of a direct connection to our regional rail. That is true. Which is a major well, issue. I mean, unless you're going south. Yeah. Or central. That's true. But that's still not as good as just being able to go from the university directly west into downtown and then into the regional rail station. That is true. So, yeah, and I'm honestly not the hugest fan of this plan because it really still keeps the central station actually out of the central part of town. Yeah, but I think the choice of locale is pretty reasonable given the, like, complexity of actually building a proper station, like, actually in the middle of downtown. Like, this is this is kind of a bit of a cheap out without being too much of a cheap out. I, I, I like the idea. It would expand downtown more. It would make... Yes, get yes. more big buildings. I agree. Which I'm always down for. Uh, tall buildings, cool, actually. Yeah, combine that with the Orange Line plan, and you've like massively catalyzed redevelopment of that decaying area. Right, and that would, like we said, sort of shift the center of gravity of downtown enough to the west that it would be actually a central station. Yeah. Good. So, I think it's a good idea. Is it ever going to happen? No. <laughs> because Salt Lake City voted it down earlier this year. Why? Because the city doesn't like spending money on things that aren't cars. And but pops. it would be like a cool <laughs> thing that would bring in business and development. Don't they like that? They have some of the same reservations that I do, I guess, in that it's not actually that much of a distance improvement to downtown. Yeah, it is a solid connectivity and improvement. You can get two rail lines instead of one with more direct routing. Sure, but that, yeah. So the city has voted that down, so it's not happening probably, but Mm. it is still a good idea, I think. It's probably just important to get people talking about it because mm. the more yeah. people that are aware that we don't have a great, like, central hub, uh, the more people... We don't, that ha- we don't, we have, don't have a central, a central hub. hub. Okay. We have the one place where UTA end-of-lines a bunch of buses because of economies of scale of end-of-lining a bunch of buses in one place makes them easier to operate. Well, hopefully in, like, 50 years we'll get... Oh, God. <laughs> Guys, in does, 50 does years, no one in this country realize that we have eight years to stop, like, climate change or we are just, like, completely screwed? Eight years to stop what? Carbon emissions. Uh, what? Completely. I'm going to keep driving my car, so. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how to break this to the Utah legislature, but, like, if we don't stop emitting carbon in, you know, eight years, literally, um... Bad things. Well, <laughs> rest in peace. If, if you tell them that the greatest snow on earth will no longer have snow, 
I think like, that might wake him up. You think yeah, you're joking, I, but it's literally that, that, that the greatest rain much. on earth. Yeah, the greatest well, rain on earth. No lake effect though, because there's no lake. Yeah, because there's no <laughs> lake left because of climate change. And then there's arsenic in there yeah. now, so. So rest, beautiful rest salt, beautiful um, salt lake bed city. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> The lake bed. That oh, sounds like a venue. We're so screwed. Are we gonna Are we gonna start developing the area where the lake is drained out? Yeah, we're out? gonna turn it into suburbs. We're, we're, <laughs> gonna, we're also gonna we'll drain pump Utah in water Lake from Idaho. <laughs> well, once we run out of Great Salt Lake, and once we've pumped out all all of Utah Lake to use for irrigation water, we can just build suburbs there. <laughs> Problem solved. That's the most Utah thing I've. Well, and then heard. we can make a we can make a highway in the Jordan River. <laughs> We already did that. <laughs> well, we can double down. Oh, we can have I-15 part two. So we, we can have, have I-15A and I-15B. Ah, so we have six parallel highways. I mean, once I want. I mean, once the wetlands are all dried up, no need to preserve them. That's true. <laughs> and I-15B can just be for diesel trucks. Yeah, only. And you can only guide one person in a car. Yeah, it's it's a single <laughs> occupancy vehicle lane. See, th- this feels no high like... occupancy vehicle allowed. <laughs> Is that what HOV stands for? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, been right, I've been thinking about that for the past week. It's not uh, like hover no. or something. Hov. Yeah, it's, for, it's for hover cars only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maglev cars. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that's the episode for today. Part two, we'll be talking about more neighborhood and local transit hubs, which are equally important, probably more important. Uh, so if you like this, like on the YouTube, subscribe on the YouTube, follow us on Twitter, and leave a rating on Spotify, Apple, or whatever else you're listening on. Thank you to our patrons for, you know, paying us to sit around and rant about trains. Are, are we in the positive? Are we in the green on the budget yet? Uh, we are now in the green on the budget, I can say. Hey, so now we, we can will, afford things. We can afford things, and we will um, probably, if you subscribe to our patron, Start sending out merch and stuff. Yeah. Hey. And if you're not a patron yet, give us more money so we can be corrupted. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want to be like New York politicians and be corrupted, but good. So. Um, if you have any particular um, transit propaganda you'd like us to spread, um, just slide a little bit under the table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the more we have, the more corrupt we'll be. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so thank you very much, and make sure to watch our other videos and other things, and goodbye. Thank you. Safe bike ride. Peace. <laughs>